and just like meh, meh. I'm like son of a why why and then I look at it and I'm like oh because I'm wrong that's why right. <laughs> welcome to pick up your sticks where we talk about why giving matters with your host Walker Near and Brett Lindley I'm Walker and this week we discuss Brett's recent time with the delightful puzzle game Hex Sells Infinite if you'd like to support pick up your sticks you can buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-fi page which is ko-fi slash pod. So what's up, Brett? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? Ooh, I uh well dang. I I was I was really trying to come up with something on the fly there. It just didn't I didn't have it. <laughs> I was trying to I was gonna like be witty, and then my brain stopped for a moment and I was like, I'm not illustrious anymore. Like Which, well, if there's not another if there's not a guest, yeah, then I, I mean who am I just, really pumping you up? Yeah, then it's just yeah, and then it's know. just me. Right, right. <laughs> We all have dish towels at home. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> Dude. Deep. D- dishes are important. Dishes are very yeah. important. Yeah. I get now I know what I am. Next time that I next time that you call me illustrious, we'll say like, so you know, you're illustrious dish towel. Am I the dish the towel that you like a little bit more than not the in front of the guests, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> I know how you really think. We can fight in front of the this. audience, not in front of the guests. <laughs> so <laughs> I have like, been. You go uh, on. I'm going to interrupt rudely. Yeah, do it. Go ahead. I I'll mean, just, I'm not illustrious yeah. here anyway. So. I'm already rude today, I, so why not capitalize? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll be trying to collect money later. Um, I was just going to say that happens to me frequently where I will have like there's some premise for a joke or something that I'll have in my mind that I'm like, oh, this is going to work. And then and then I just fall flat and I'll just tell people, imagine I had made a joke about whatever the premise was. And then just from there, it was good. And we'll just go with that. So I feel you was my. Yeah. (laughs) Well, imagine that uh, something about picking up your sticks is a joke about hexagons. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Do the, and, uh, do the hexagons do dishes? Oh man, I, would, I was even—I even found a bit. I even like you know, like the inside of the N64 controller in the center joystick oh. is hexagonal. You know, nice, like, nice. That has nothing to do with where I'm going. But okay, okay. <laughs> I uh, I started playing a game this week. It is part of a series of games, um, but it is called Hex Cells Infinite. It's all one word, hex cells, uh, hexagonal cells. But it's somewhat like in between a Sudoku and a Minesweeper. And okay. I love it. I love everything about it. So I've I had been I'm not good at Sudokus. Like I can do like the basic Sudokus, like I get the premise and I get a few of the logical conclusions that you can come to. But there's a lot of really advanced techniques that I, my brain does not like. And, but I love watching them. I watch uh, Cracking cracking the Cryptic on YouTube. He's got a bunch of, he's like a world-class Sudoku puzzle solver. And they've got like cool, like not just normal flat layouts, but like actual puzzles that like have different rules and special scenarios and stuff and are make Sudoku kind of fun, right? I'm just going to interject quickly and just say that and I don't mean this as a, I'm actually not being snarky. No, I know. you're fine. Hashtag surprise uh, su- face. Surprised, yeah. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. 
but I didn't know until right now that that um, world of Sudoku videos mm -hmm. as a as a baseline or any of the other things that you described exist. Um, and I'm it, obviously we talk on this show primarily about video games, which is what you are talking about. And we talk about other games sometimes too, but there's also just sometimes we discover nuggets about the world that exists that otherwise wouldn't have been known. So please continue. Maybe yeah. I'm alone, but no, no, no. I mean, I didn't, this was something, I don't even know how I found this. This is one of those, late late at night deep youtube rabbit holes right <laughs> and i find because like i knew of sudoku like the base generic game of sudoku right the, i've just seen it in like a like a booklet like a exactly you know, which is yeah. like a crossword puzzle book except sudoku Ex puzzles. they're often paired together um but there are special rule sudokus and there's even types of sudokus so like there's thermal Sudoku, which has these little like thermometer looking things like it has a circle and then a line and that line may go across two or three squares. Right. And those thermometers have to always count up. So if the bulb is two, the next cell over cannot be a one on the thermometer. It has to be three, four or five. Right. So you get these logical rules that start playing together. And there's all kinds of different puzzle things where, like, sometimes they'll have Tetris pieces all over the puzzle. Then each Tetris piece will have a number in it that is the sum of all the digits in that puzzle piece. But mm. since they can go across two squares, you could get, like, two ones, right? Mm -hmm. Or you couldn't normally. And so, like, you get all of these different logical puzzles and, and the rules go too into space as far as, like, how complicated... <laughs> A Sudoku can get and the ways to solve them like there's I don't I don't necessarily get it but the way people explain it my brain for a little bit it's like college algebra where I I get it when the teacher is talking about it but if I were to teach it to somebody I'd be like I don't know so it's I so interesting <laughs> that you bring that up and and at this stage in my life I'm sure college algebra would be wildly overwhelming to me really because it's a series of rules memorization tasks and I've forgotten most of those rules. Yep. Um, but what, so when you started describing the thermometer puzzle version of this, uh, I experienced a deep feeling of insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is, this is way in the bag here, but so when we were little kids, we didn't know each other when we were little kids, but we've shared these experiences. So you, uh, got to get into the public school version of what was like the, what I'll call the gifted program or whatever, the advanced right. learning, whatever. Yeah. I tested to be in that and did not make the cut. And hearing you explain the thermometer puzzle makes me feel like whatever it was that I had to do back then that <laughs> I didn't understand. Yep. But when I was in high school, I took I ended up taking through trigonometry and was not overwhelmed by see like math. yeah nope <laughs> I didn't make it to I actually got super screwed in like seventh grade actually sixth grade I was supposed to be in the accelerated math track and wasn't mm. and then got put into remedial math because there quote unquote weren't spots left even though I knew what my score was I knew what my ranking was I was right. sixth in the testing. There were 12 spots in the accelerated math class. 
and they let in the 13th kid after telling me that there were no spots left. And I was like, I'm six. Like, I know my score. <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to have to put you in remedial math. And I was like, I will hate math forever now. Mm. I'm like intentionally sandbagged all my <laughs> math classes, which only hurt me because sure. I, I made it to like I was taking college algebra in college. <laughs> like right. I didn't make it to calculus, <laughs> didn't do trig. I did like algebra run geometry and that was it <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah anyway i'm sorry i just no 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 it just it's triggered that that series i of get that there. i get that feeling <laughs> so there's like all these really cool kinds of sudoku and there's ge there's geometry rules in sudoku that like the four four square corners add up to the ring of cells that's in the middle so there's like these rules that you can apply geometry to sudoku puzzles when like you can't figure out what the next number is there's like some really advanced whew, like stuff that the world's class people apply to solve these things in record times right mm -hmm. and then other people build puzzles around those rules in a way to like teach you that the only way to solve this puzzle is to learn this rule right uh. and so i i like i really like watching people solve those because it's like I don't know. It's I like following the logic because I get it when somebody's explaining it. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Like, are, so that so on these videos you're watching, are they explaining their thoughts step by step? Or mm -hmm. is it like watching someone solve a Rubik's Cube that knows how? And they're just like, no, no, <laughs> it's like the guy that I watch cracking the cryptic. Uh, they explain stuff step by step because they're usually never seeing it before. It's the first mm -hmm. time. So they're like, and sometimes there's things like they'll use terminology that you may not know offhand, mm -hmm. but the more you watch, the more that eventually they'll explain those bits and, 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 and talk about everything. Right. Right. So I, and I've tried a few of them and like, I suck. So not doing Sudokus, <laughs> but I'll watch them. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and of course, like way back in the day, I actually was Excuse me, one of the few people that really enjoyed Minesweeper and understood it. Were you were you a Minesweeper player? I I was, uh, and I also know how it works. Um, yeah. Now I I always, for me, the ultimate frustration of Minesweeper was that I would eventually get to a point where it was a 50-50 shot. Like yes. there's eventually yes. a point where you can't figure it out, and you have to guess. And if you guess wrong, game over. And that was always. That always left a little bit of sourness in me for Minesweeper. Otherwise, though, yeah, I played it a lot. I think if you were poor and a kid in the 90s with a PC, <laughs> the same right. reason I play Solitaire. I don't play Solitaire with a deck of cards at home yep. on my own time. I ever. did at my grandma's house because we <laughs> we were poor and, didn't, and had a PC at home, but didn't have a PC at grandma's house. But she had a deck of cards. But you knew the rules from so the I game knew, on right, PC. I knew the rules from PC. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep thanks windows <laughs> so so hex cells the biggest difference is that it's minesweeper but you don't ever have to guess like so minesweeper puzzles are not technically solved they're generated on your first click because your first click can never be a bomb right ah okay like you can never the very first click you put in like the puzzle doesn't exist until you click. That's interesting. And then it gives you a puzzle 
that doesn't have a bomb wherever it was that you clicked. And so the difference in hex cells is that the puzzle exists and is set, but has enough logic available that you can figure out where the first click is. Mm, I see. And so the, the, the other big difference being that Minesweeper is a grid, a square grid, and hex cells, as the name would suggest, is a hexagonal grid. So every cell can have six cells around it. Um, it starts off super easy and just teaches you the rules. If you left click on it, all the cells start out as orange. If you left click on a cell, it turns blue, which is like, I guess, a bomb, right? And if you right click on a cell, it turns black and any black cell will tell you in the beginning <laughs> how many blue cells touch it. Okay. And then so you start the game there and like there will be several squares that are black on the field already so that you can kind of figure out which ones to start making blue. Right. And the puzzle is complete when you have identified every cell black and blue. And there'll be a counter on the upper right that tells you how many of them are blue total. Okay. So sometimes, sometimes you have to use the counter. Like if there's one cell left and no cell touching it that tells you how many black or blues touch that cell, then you have to like look in the upper right and see, are there any blues remaining? Right. If there are no blues remaining, it's black. If there's one remaining, it's blue. Right. So like everything on the screen can be important to solving the puzzle. Right. As you get used to that, like it introduces new rules and gives you a, a really short tutorial that has three tiny puzzles that introduce each new rule and how each new rule can get complicated, right? Okay. So like the first one it introduces you is one of the two that are like the first two are if a number has dashes on either side. So if it's like a two, but it has dashes on either side in a black cell, then the two blue cells that touch that cell cannot be in a row or they can't be touching, right? They have okay. to be separated by at least one black cell, if not more. Okay. And then likewise, if it has brackets around it, they have to be touching. <laughs> so the blue cells can't have any blacks around them. It sounds complicated, but like if yeah. you have a two on a wall and there's only three cells available, if it's just a two, you don't know which two of those are going to be blue. But if it has a dash or if it's dashes, you 100% know that the two blue cells are on the sides because the black cell has to separate the two of them. Right. Mm. And likewise, if it's a brackets, you know, the center cell has to be blue because it's shared no matter which way you look at it. You know, it has to be the center one. Mm -hmm. So that they introduce that rule. And then there's like six puzzles or so that they give you that have that rule in it. And then they introduce numbers on columns and rows so for the whole map of the puzzle there'll be a number at the top of one of the columns that's like six and that means six of those cells in that column are only six are blue for like mm -hmm. the whole column there may be 11 cells in that column right and so as you use other clues you can figure out and sometimes they'll even break the column in half and it'll be like six will be the top number and then in the bottom half, it'll be a one, but it'll be mm. on the same column. So that tells you five of those six are in the top part and one of those six are in the bottom part. Right. 
So you start using these logic rules, start combining more and more and more. And then the last one that I've played with, I don't know if there's more. I'm getting close to the hardest puzzles, so I don't think there's any more rules. But it is uh, sometimes you'll uncover a blue cell and that blue cell will have a number. And when you click on it, it'll highlight an area two cells away in diameter of that cell, like everything that's two cells out. And the number is how many of the cells in that area are blue. So it's like a zone. Okay. So you start combining, you know, zones with rows and columns and other nearby cells to try to like break, like the hardest part for me and these are the really hard puzzles. It's what's the first move supposed to be because mm. you can guess and, but you don't have to. And so I really try not to, because you, if you guess, you may get started in a weird place and the logic won't continue to play out because right. it's in the middle of the puzzle, right? But if you start where you're supposed to, the logic will chain together in some way. So you've right. got to like guess. You, sometimes you have to guess mentally, like look at these. There's three cells and you know two of them are blue. So sometimes you have to go, if this one is not blue, how does that affect everything around it? And then mm -hmm. test that with each one until you go, wait a minute, this one can't be black. So it has to be blue. So you set that. And maybe when you set that, it becomes a blue with a number in it that tells you how many in the zone, which is actually the next step you need, you know? Right, right. And so it's this it's it's a really I, I love that it's probably one of the first games in a long time that I've played that has tutorial elements outside of the first five minutes of the game that didn't make me want to rage. <laughs> like <laughs> it didn't interrupt the flow of the gameplay. Right. Like the tutorial elements came after I beat kind of the hardest set of puzzles with the previous element. It introduced an element. I have three tiny short puzzles to teach me how to do it. And that's the tutorial. And then I go on to the next set of, of puzzles. Right. Mm -hmm. and it's also one of the games that like because you can guess and each puzzle allows you to make I, I don't even know if it ever gives you a game over you can make like infinite mistakes mm. but the only way to unlock the next set of puzzles is each puzzle has like I don't know an increasing number of mistakes mistake cap that you can have right right and it's pretty significant like 10 or 15 and if you make zero mistakes then you get 15 stars or points or hexagons or whatever and you need 200 hexagons to unlock you know the fifth tier of puzzles mm -hmm. so you like want to try to do them as well as you can but i am getting into like perfecting these like i mm. want all i want all 100 percents, and i want 100 percents without googling them Right. Like, I want to do them. And sometimes, I will not lie, sometimes that comes from me knowing certain areas that I've solved ten times. Sure. I will just fill in right in the beginning. Because I figured it out before. I don't know that I know what it is right now, because that was an hour ago when I was solving that area last. Right. But I'm filling it in. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so this... this it takes me in a couple of directions of thought, actually. Um, one being the um, 
the tutorial thing that you mentioned. It's something we've talked about a lot. And it's so interesting how, whether it be a puzzle game or Assassin's Creed, right? Where you're running around and interacting with things and fighting and climbing and all of this huge open world stuff. Like, it doesn't matter what type of game it is. The tutorial experience is like always can matter, right? Like always can either be done well or not done well. And in some games, you know, we, we joke about how like in Minecraft, you would never know how to breed animals if you didn't wiki it because it's not intuitive. And so I don't know, like it's such a hard place to be because on the one hand, a tutorial makes a lot of sense. And in a game like this, it sounds like it, it does a good job of preparing the player to to be successful or to at least understand how they could be successful maybe but in a game like an assassin's creed or, or something that just has maybe a lot more or minecraft <laughs> where there's just a lot of potential things it's like you can't really tutorial that and if you do i think it's going to feel intrusive always because because it'll be the first time that you encounter that thing and your first encounter with it should be in a, like, especially in Minecraft, right? Right. Like the first time that you encounter the nether as a developer, I would want the player experiencing the emotional impact of the nether, right? But how would you ever know how to make a nether gate if you didn't look it up? Or even when you, if you step <laughs> through that gate, when you first get there, if the first thing that happens is you appear through the gate, it's loading, you appear through, you're like, holy crap, pop up. Right. Pop up. Welcome to the nether. Things work differently here. Right. Rah, 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 rah. And it's like, it just instantly kills the emotional holy crap that you were about to have. Right. And I think a lot of games do that. Like, Assassin's Creed, you're the first time you're assaulting an enemy encampment, you're being sneaky, you're crawling up a tower, you're like really tense because you've never done this before. And at once you reach the edge of the tower, it's like you can haul enemies off the top of a tower by pressing X when they're unaware. And it's like, oh, well, I, I was really tense. But now that I've had to engage my logical brain and read this, I'm not feeling the emotional tension anymore. Right. Yeah, but in a game like that, it's like, or just, you know, to the Minecraft example, it's like there's so many ways to interact that if they don't do that, you may not know because it's not intuitive. There's, right, you'll you can, never experience the it. The X yeah. button does like 10 different functions. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so when do you tell a player? Right. Like, maybe when they're approaching the camp, the camp for the first time within a certain distance, but haven't actually gotten in there yet. Yeah. Could be, you know. There was something that a uh, Butterscotch Shenanigans talked about, too, which no game currently that I've ever played does, which is the reason why at least I restart a lot of games is coming back to a game after a long break and not knowing how anything works anymore or mm. where you were in the game or story. But if the game could detect, which it obviously could, hey, you haven't played in six months. <laughs> Would you like a quick recap? with a shortened video of some of the cutscenes that have brought you to this point and the actions and choices that your character has made. Oh my God. Yes. Like, please don't make me start over. Tell give me a five minute recap of the 20 minutes of videos that I've watched so far. And then show me like my top three choices that have impacted the story. Yeah. And then like 
maybe give me a rundown on how the most complicated game mechanic works. <laughs> so it's not it's not that uh, robust, but um, Dragon Quest Eleven, which is on games for PC, Xbox games, PC Pass, and on right. consoles or whatever, um, and I'm sure on Steam and other platforms. Anyway, every time you load it, it doesn't do a mechanics recap or a cutscene recap. Uh, but it does actually the initial like load my saved game instead of just being a splash screen or items in the game or something a la you know Fallout or Borderlands, it's actually just like hey here's what's been going on in the story and does actually just provide a recap of what has happened. Now it doesn't necessarily start I guess with like you woke up and didn't know who you were and then well whatever. yeah you know it's not quite but you probably that. remember the start of the game right right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, and I do, but that was, I mean, to my memory, at least that's the first time I've seen that as well. And I, I was like, that is really cool, especially as the guy who always abandons games and comes back <laughs> and has no idea. Right. Um, anyway, but yeah, anyway, so I, so then the other direction that I was going to go with that, that, which it's funny that you mentioned butterscotch. Uh, we've talked about butterscotch in this show many times. We went to their conference a couple years ago, pre covid uh, we did a whole episode about Levelhead, talked about Crashlands. They do have a, a podcast, and it is actually pretty good. But the thing is, is that listening time is limited, folks. So if you were going to choose between Pick Up Your Sticks or the Butterscotch Danigans podcast. Or maybe who you needed to donate to on Ko-Fi. Right. They're then, a game developer, folks. Yeah, they're they, rich. Yeah, they, uh, they're, they're good. They're good. Right, they're right. all right. They all dress like the Monopoly man when I yeah, saw right? them. So, yeah, monocles. Every single one of them had monocles. Yeah, and mustaches <laughs> that they do the twisty thing with. Um, I would listen to this one, and we'll give highlights. The two times a year that I listen to their show, I'll give highlights. So <laughs> yeah, you, be... know, you know we've got your back. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so they actually, so I've actually, it's funny I say that I've listened to their last two episodes, actually. And um, and they had a conversation both weeks. They weren't really related conversations at all. They weren't like a follow-up to last week's or something. But they talked about, um, they were talking about immersion in games and and how games deliver an experience. And like today they were talking about, that when I listened, they were talking about, um, they used, hey, MMO, they used World of Warcraft as an example where WoW introduced flying in like 2007 and Burning Crusade flying became a mechanic. And then like four expansions later, every expansion after that, they would delay your ability to fly until you got to max level. But then after the third or fourth one, they just started taking flying out of the game in the new expansion zone until about a year after release. And this is still true to this day. And then they put in achievement content you can do to unlock the flying. But it's wholly arbitrary and it's not driven by game lore or anything. It's just simply like, and they've just said, if we allow everyone to fly all the time, then it breaks it breaks the game because you can just shortcut everything. Like none of right. our little puzzly areas are puzzly anymore because you can just fly to the objective and it's over. Yeah, there's no jumping puzzle if you could fly to the top of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so it just, and I know that sounds so unrelated to what we're talking about, but the, the reason that I bring it up is because it's so fascinating to me as well, thinking about immersion. You and I have talked about that a lot, about what makes a game good. And it seems like the more immersive it is, that that's always a thread that pulls. And it's like, well, what makes a game immersive? 
and it, it, I don't know, it's just so fascinating because you are clearly in your telling of this very immersed, invested, like you, you care about getting the hundred percent, you care about mm -hmm. doing it on your own and not wikiing, right? Nope. And like, it's, it's done its job of pulling you in and providing this experience, but like, you're not killing demons. There's not nope. a cool super shotgun. There's, There's no story. Right. There is zero reason for me doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not. There is a reason. And that reason is that it's it's managed to, in its own unique little way, create an experience again that is compelling for Well, and I think I think this brings up like something that you've talked about a lot, which is that this game forces me to make meaningful choices. Right. Hugely meaningful because because I have to double check everything and work it all out. Because if I get that, meh, meh, like it's over, it's over. I'm done. My because a lot of them I solve with like, I want to, I will solve it. And if I make a couple mistakes and I like, Oh, I should have known that I, or even like misclick. Cause it's just left and right click. Right. So sometimes when you're moving fast or just kind of dawdling around, sometimes you click the wrong button or just click a button on your mouse and you don't realize that you're hovered over the middle of the map, you know? So, like, I'll try to solve it with as few mistakes as possible and then I'll go back and be like, okay, now that I've... Because sometimes it teaches you that certain things can interact in a way in the bigger puzzles, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like... Yeah, the, I, I'm I every click is sweat drops, especially like three quarters of the way through some of the big puzzles. It's like, oh, man, I've never been here before. I've restarted three or four times like I'm on my way. I got to know that what I'm about to click is the right button. Like, look at my mouse, which button is left and right. Take my hand off, you know, like <laughs> this is a meaningful button click. Am I sure? Are all the cells around this numbered? Does my logic make sense? Okay, click. And then it's it's the it's blue. And I'm like, yes, okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. There's that tiny little dopamine hit that's like, I made the right choice. Happy me, you know, like but there's yeah. nothing on the line. The, the only thing that's on the line is my own <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, what, what it makes me think of, and, and these games are definitely, I would say probably it sounds like there's maybe more, um, I don't know, more of an aesthetic to it, for lack of a better way to say it. What I'm going to do, like Slay the Spire or Monster Train, those card battler games that I got super sucked into, I don't know, earlier this year or whenever that was. But it's like, I wasn't motivated by, I mean, I when I talked about Monster Train, I couldn't even really accurately describe the quote unquote story <laughs> and it's not complicated like right because i i just i am not paying attention to that like but for whatever reason i get so sucked into frankly the math right mm -hmm. of these of trying to to win this card game that means nothing like yep. well and, no and for else... me like a monster <laughs> a monster card collecting game i don't care about the math i just want the cool monsters of art <laughs> like that's what sucks me it is if your card battler game has awesome art Right. I will die for that. I got sucked into AFK arena for because of the freaking art. And it was, it's good. I still will argue that it's really good vector art. That's a very unique style, but to hell with that game. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But I wanted all of the art. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, the next thought I had is so unrelated, but 
I'll, I'll just go for it, whatever. So in talking about like microtransaction stuff is what, what it makes me think of. Because when you get into these mobile games that are puzzle games like this, so many of them will ruin this feeling of immersion, which is, I'm sure what happened with AFK, whatever it was called. <laughs> because they're like, hey, you can't play anymore today unless you pay money or watch ads or do something that generates right. revenue for yep. us, yep. right? And it's like, and it feels like, well, this is gross. I don't want to, I'm not doing that. I am not a piggy. <laughs> yeah, and it, you feel like that. You feel, it's so blatant. But then in a game like Animal Crossing, right? There's not microtransactions like that. But Animal Crossing actually takes place in real time. So to some extent, it forces you to come back and play again. If you want to, you know, not right. force it, yep. But assuming you want to see more. Because there's, you just can't see everything. You can't see what summer looks yeah, like in winter. But it's almost worse that that's the case. Because, like, I can understand it if you want me, if I get one free spin a day and every other one makes me watch an ad, right? <laughs> but if I get one free spin a game and then that's it, like, I just have to wait a day for another and there's no reasoning for that other than to get me to play tomorrow, like... I don't know which is worse. I almost respect the ad more. Like, well, in Animal Crossing, you can you can play as much as you want. Right, right. It's just that not all of the content is accessible just simply by virtue of you putting more hours in. Right. right. Um, well, and because of the way Animal Crossing works, I I think that players largely accept it because it's built into the the way the game works. Like again, the time scale is real time, so. It just makes sense. It's not. And of course, at no point are they actually extracting more real money from you. But so it's like in a in a in a mobile game, which, again, they don't really care about you playing again tomorrow or accept to extract more money. But I don't know if there was one where it had a mechanic or had a had it built into the 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 fabric of the game, for lack of a better way to say that, then I don't know, maybe maybe it would be more acceptable. Now, you're right. If it was just like. All right, well, that's it for today. That would feel weird too. Yeah, but I don't know. I, again, I don't really have a conclusive point with that. No, thought. no, I kind of get it though. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm actually really, I'm really impressed with hex cells, and maybe this is it. Maybe this is the why it matters sort of thing. Yeah, there's like three or four versions of hex cells. So there's like hex cells, hex cells plus. I have hex cells infinite. Um. And it's like $5 on Steam. So if you like puzzle games even remotely, um, the infinite version of the game is on Steam for like $5. And it's it's really smooth. It's at like, it's just juiced enough. Like, it is actually polished, too. Like, there's a little bit of, I don't know if there's screen shake, per se, but it's just, everything is very clean. And it looks, it feels right. It looks good. I know there's not a lot of activity going on, but what activity is there could be like the concept of the game is not difficult. So it could look way worse and still function exactly the same. Right. 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 So the sound design is actually very good um, and varies level to level, which is kind of nice. Hmm. And uh, there's kind of these piano notes that play as you unlock cells and stuff, mm. which is and those vary level to level, like what instrument is being played and how the notes work. But it's all very gentle and and kind of ambient for a puzzle game, which is kind of nice. But 
uh, the infinite version, which I don't know that the other ones do. I think the other ones may just be more levels, mm. but Excel's infinite. Like I said, it's a solved game, which means technically there is an algorithm that you could run to solve every map like in order. Right. <laughs> it's a very complicated algorithm, I'm sure, but it exists. But that means that it can generate maps randomly because it runs the algorithm backwards mm. and builds a map that can always be solved right. and can al and always has a start point and can always work. So you can pick a difficulty and generate a map, or there's also user-generated maps that will have difficulty levels. So it actually has a huge, like the main uh, content of the game, I think is like, six worlds plus one what looks like super hard map at the end um and each world has six there's like 36 maps i guess um but they're not easy like i am I, like my first day i probably solved the six or eight of them and then second day was three or four and now i'm like one map a day i was gonna ask you that how long does it take you roughly i mean I am I'm about a map a day right now. And sometimes that's I solve it once on the one day and then the next day I'll come back and then solve it perfectly. Well, right? when I I mean I get it throughout a day, but I mean are you spending an hour of time, 10 minutes of time? Like what I mean, does it take to solve one? Uh, I I I think but it I'm depends asking you on for you personally. Yeah, for me personally, and and it depends. The maps are getting harder. I am well, I can actually I can actually go back. Well, while you're um, looking at that, I'll, I'll bring up the example of like in Creeper World, for example, mm -hmm. I take like an hour to solve those maps. So right. if someone asks me how long does it take, I'm like, I don't know, about an hour a level. But according to the leaderboards, that's wildly incorrect. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, like the the World 1 map, so, the, so I was right, there's six worlds plus, I think, a super map in the middle or possibly a seventh world. I don't know. Mm. Um but world one, like the base rules of the game are what's taught in world one. And it's pretty easy. Mm. So all of world one, less than an hour, right? Probably like 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. World two probably doubles that. And all of world two may, or maybe even triple, like we're all of world two, maybe an hour. Right. Mm -hmm. But as I get like the world four is what really once all of the big rules of the game are in play, mm. uh, each map. And again, sometimes I'll restart a map if I've made like three or four mistakes or I realize that I'm guessing like and just getting mad, like I'll restart a map. So I won't always complete a map with all of the mistakes that I've made before I go back and restart. So including all of my restarts. I mean, it's probably easily an hour per map right now, mm. but I walk away from it and sometimes I'll sometimes I'll dedicate to it, you know, 15, 20 minutes where I'm like, I know what's going on. Sometimes I'll walk away and come back and be like, all right, brain, you had a break where I know that my next step because you get an you get a feel for the way a map will be subdivided. And it'll be like all of the left side of the map and all of the right side of the map don't interact, mm. which means you have to be able to solve just one side of the map. But you'll get I'll get stuck like, you know, I'll solve a good chunk of it. And I'm like, I don't know what my next move is supposed to see be. Mm. So I'll move to the other side of the map 
and start trying to figure out like obviously i have to have enough information over here because nothing else points to it right so what am i missing about the information that i have that gives me the clue that is the next click right Hey, Walker, do you know our podcast is almost big enough to start selling ads? Yeah, I had noticed that. So what do you think? Should we go mattress company, VPN, some mobile game? Uh, I was kind of thinking maybe coffee. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some good free trade local. No, no, no. Like Ko-Fi, like donations. Oh, oh, right. So so we we do ads for Ko-Fi and for coffee. I mean, I guess that could work. But I was thinking that people could support the show with really small donations about the cost of a cup of coffee. And then we could skip talking. Talking about mattress companies or mobile games and just keep all of that content out of the show, uh, they can just head over to our Ko-Fi page over at ko-fi.com slash P-U-I-S-Pod and contribute to us there. Oh, I get it. So you're saying even if our listeners donated a single dollar over at ko-fi.com slash P-U-I-S-Pod, it would go a long way towards funding the podcast. And in the future, we could even offer cool things like merch or rewards and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's definitely one way that we can pay our bills, keep our mics hot and keep the show going. And if they can't donate, that's okay too let's just let him get back to enjoying the show yeah so and maybe this is painfully obvious already i guess um you know like we like you said earlier you said maybe this is the why it matters kind of thing and, and we we talk about why gaming matters on the show obviously and we really have started to, to try and always ask that question in each episode to make sure that we talk about it but in listening to that conversation from the Butterscotch guys about um, immersion and, and the delivering of an experience, it's like, like they quickly use an example of like, if you ask someone why they like a platformer, like Super Meat Boy, they might say, oh, it's got really tight controls. But that's not actually what they like. The really tight controls are leveraged to create some feeling that they're yes. getting that is what they actually like. Um, and so it's like with, and, and the reason I say this is maybe painfully obvious is that, you know, there's the satisfaction of doing the puzzle and of getting the hundred percent. And like, maybe there's a feeling of like you're smart or something. Right. But it's also just like, it sounds to me like maybe the feeling that is so interesting is, is it's constantly generating this curiosity of what is the next step. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Go on. No, no, it it is a hundred percent that it's that um, it's it's the same feeling of like a don't starve, right? Mm-hmm. Of like like what? How how am I gonna get through this? How am I gonna get it, get set up enough so that on day seven when the hounds attack, I can survive, right? Right. Which can be solved by either learning to fight and kite really well, or setting up a base and and getting better equipment, or uninstalling the game. Yeah, all well, that, of those are too. ways to avoid yeah, that. All of those are ways to avoid that. <laughs> yep. 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 That is how you survive winter. Is you just uninstall. <laughs> right. Move Defrag on. Defrag your hard drive. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Buy a dog. Uh, <laughs> get a real hound. <laughs> um But no, I think it is and and like like when I'm thinking about it, it's also there's a piece of it which I'm not entirely sure there is an emotion there. But I'm not sure that it's necessarily clearly defined. Like, I do believe that it is curiosity. I believe that there is a level of egoism, of, like, egotistical feeling of success, right? But in a, like, actual jigsaw puzzle, right? Sometimes you are looking for the piece 
that has a blue dot and three outside pieces and one inside piece with like one of the corners is spade shaped and you know what you're looking for and you're trying to find that. And while you're doing that, you have to look at all of these pieces and flip them over and sort them. Maybe you sort them into color. Maybe you sort them into shape. You know, you, it gets harder and harder to find what you need, especially when you get to the, like the background pieces of the puzzle. Right. And so you have to come up with your own logic systems that works for you for however you're trying to find it. And sometimes you're looking for one piece and all you do is find pieces that you were either looking for before, but abandoned or that you didn't realize you were looking for. Right. Mm hmm. And sometimes you're looking for a piece and you find exactly what you need. You're like, yes, I got it. I put it where it's supposed to be. That is exactly what I thought it was. Sometimes you find the one that's like close and you put it there and it doesn't quite fit. You're like, oh, I really thought this. I thought I had it figured out. Like I thought in my brain, I looked at all of the information that was available. This piece looked like it fit there. It looked like it had the blue dot that I needed, but not quite. When I tried to put it there, it didn't work. Yeah. And I and like I don't know what all of those emotions are, but there's an, an emotion tied to each of those events, right? Mm -hmm. The finding exactly what you need and knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt before you put it down that it's going to work. Right. Then there's like the two events. There's the one where you have that knowledge that it's going to work no matter what. And it does. And there's the times where you're like, I know exactly what I'm doing and it doesn't work. Right. There have been so many times in hex cells that I have gone like, oh, I've got it. These two are blue. This one's black, which means this one can't be. And I click this one and don't realize that the cell that I'm looking at is like bordering one other cell that proves that it can't be that way. Right. <laughs> and just like, meh, meh. I'm like, son of a, why, why? And then I look at it like, oh, because I'm wrong. That's why. Right. <laughs> And then sometimes there's the like, I know what the solution is and it has to be this because this, this and this are true and I'm clicking here and boom, I am right and I have been stuck here for 10 minutes and I feel awesome that I finally and it gives me a clue. Sometimes when you get that clue, like if you get a cell that says zero, every cell that touches it is black, period, done, boom, 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 you get like four or five cells done. Like, you know, and you've been, but you've been trying to get that one for, for 15 minutes. Right. 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 <laughs> so you can make this like rapid progress. It's like getting a bunch of edge pieces done all of a sudden. And I don't know. It's, it's a, a strangely emotional roller coaster, but it's all me versus, I don't want to say it's me versus myself, but it is, but it, but it is right. And sometimes it's an, it's frustrating and I have to walk away because I get to one spot and I'm like, I don't get how you could possibly move through this. <laughs> like, I just don't know. And there have been times there's been like two times that I've gone. I've solved the puzzle, but didn't know like how to how I'm supposed to start. Like I can get like I can feel like. There's. Because I'm really good at like estimating, right? And if five out of these six cells are supposed to be blue, then there's a real good chance that any one of them I click on is going to be blue. 
which means if I click in this area, it's probably blue, which will give me a start, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not the logical guaranteed solution. That's just the, the like 80% chance, right? That's the Russian roulette solution. Exactly. What exactly. you literally just described. <laughs> yeah. There's six and chambers. I, there's only one bullet. So probably I'm fine. Yeah, but... probably I'm fine. There's a good chance I won't die, which means I could get through at least the first round. <laughs> I'll make some money and be good. <laughs> which I do a lot, but like I, I'll YouTube... Like, okay, how am I supposed to start now that I've beaten this level? And the minute that I pull the YouTube up, video up, before the guy even says something, for some reason, I don't know if it's seeing it a different size because it's a smaller video or what, it's not full screen or it's been a day, I don't know. But I look at it and I'm like, oh, I how did I never see that there was a six over that column, which means that I can't put this one here, which means I start over here. And right. then that's a zero, which gives me all of these. And I just branch off from it. Like, so there have been times where like I've pulled the YouTube video up. And right before they say what the next move is, I was like, oh, how did I not see it? Right. You know, like, and so I've been, I've, you know, that happens sometimes too. And I'll go back and I'll play through and, and, and do the next bit. So I don't know. And it's, and I've touched, I've done a couple of user levels and I've done like one of the like infinitely generated levels, mm. but I don't know. On the one hand, the infinite levels are a harder test of how well, you know, the rules because the like manually generated levels are sometimes too poetically done mm. where you can like suss out that like, well, this is symmetrical. This has got some symmetry to it, right? Mm -hmm. Or there's no way that I could determine what a specific cell is unless it leverages one of the, like the blue zone rule, right? Right. So since the blue zone rule is the only way to figure out this cell, the cell that's two cells away across the gap has to be that blue zone, right? right. And it's not technically the logic that you're supposed to use, but kind of a cheeky way around it because the puzzle is very artistically built. Mm -hmm. So I've broken into a couple of them that way before I've solved them the quote unquote right way. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but the randomly generated ones are ugly as sin, but are a raw test of math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's super cool. Um, it just sounds like I'm just, patting our, our own backs here, I guess. But I just think it's super cool that we, you know, we talk about a lot of AAA or not just AAA, but bigger games, right? And yeah, we've mm -hmm. talked about plenty of little silly games along the way as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so fascinating how this is why. So when people will ask me about why I do this, this podcast, like, oh, why do you do a podcast about video games? Why isn't it about one video game, right? And, right. and I explain, oh, it's about why gaming matters. And they're like, well, well, why does it matter? And the answer is we found through our long list of interviews at this point is that it varies. A very common answer is social connection. Yeah. But there are a wide variety of answers outside of that as well. well yeah, and this one is not social connection. No, this it's not. This one is not a multiplayer. <laughs> but, but the reason it matters is is the reason that I want to talk about why it matters and the reason that I 
you know, we wanted to do this to begin with and still do it is because, because of this exact conversation, because some little puzzle game that has no marketing budget, that's not tearing up YouTube. I mean, I know you've watched stuff on YouTube, but you know what I mean? It's not like PewDiePie is playing it and all the kids are in, it's not among right. us. Yeah. It's right? not it's among not us or Fall Guys or something. Yeah. Right. But it's like, but it still can offer this super meaningful experience. And that same player, you could also have a really meaningful experience playing Cyberpunk or Doom, right? Oh, Which are yeah. Wildly different experiences, but you can still, it can still matter and it can still, it can still resonate. And I just think it's so cool to hear um, an example of that because it's been a while since we've talked about, I think, a little bitty game like this. Right. I mean, maybe Loop Hero is like the last one. Uh, yeah. Close. But even Loop Hero is like, it at least made a splash, right? Like this isn't, this is a game that, so I have to give a huge shout out to aliens rock. Uh, I believe that's his channel on YouTube. Uh, he generally does, uh, balloons tower defense six content. Oh, nice. And I, I guess something between the combination of me playing balloons somewhat recently and, you know, YouTubing some stuff for the recent event and Sudoku, video watching that I do on occasion presented this video and it was like minesweeper, but better. And I was like, I'm in, I I'm on lunch break. I'm in. And literally I watched half of his video before I'm like, how much is it? Cause it, it doesn't look brand new, right? right. Like, like it looks like a, a hidden gem. I was like, how much is it? It was like $5 on steam. I'm like, I'm done watching his content now. Not because I, I mean, I like his content, sure. but I don't want to know all the answers. Right. <laughs> like I was like, I want to go do this. Cause this looks awesome. It's yeah. like minesweeper, but better. And I am. And for five bucks, right. I'm sold. I've got $20 <laughs> in my steam wallet from refunding a game from a while back. So I'm let's get it. <laughs> right. Right. No, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Shout out to aliens rock for, for doing the YouTube video on it. Cause I wouldn't have known it, you yeah. know? And it, yeah, if there's even a remote interest and, and if you don't want the infinite version, if five bucks is too much, like the original or the plus version is like $2 full price. So, right. so you can get a sample of it. I think the full complete pack is like $10. That's awesome. Um, well, yeah, I, you know, we joked before we started recording, we, we talked that we would talk about this game and uh, we laughed that like, well, we won't get an hour yeah, there. Yeah, we got, we just hour. did. So anything else you wanted to add on top of, I mean, here? <laughs> I actually, I, I need to, I need to look, um, cause I believe that the, uh, developer has done some other, um, yeah, it's also on. Okay. So I just, I, I Googled it, it instantly searches up on the Apple store. Yeah. It'd be a great mobile game as well. Mm, right. Um, the developer is just, just Matthew Brown. So Matthew Brown, good, good nice. job. Nice. Yep. <laughs> we'll try it at you whenever we tweet this episode, Matthew. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think like I think there is a discussion to be had on how something like Hexels is like Don't Starve. Or you know, you said Doom is a wildly different game, right? But there's still that like figuring it out moment, right? There is. And I was thinking, you know, as I was kind of going through that thought exercise just here in real time, it's like, well, you know, I feel satisfied 
and it makes me curious are kind of universally true answers i think at least for me anytime i'm immersed in a game really no matter what it is right um so uh, yes you're right there is there is a similarity even though those games aren't puzzle games to some extent you are still solving the puzzle of what am i supposed to do next to, to solve this to beat this to finish this um and to be perfectly candid like and again i've not talked to you about any of this ahead of the recording <laughs> so the listeners may or may not be able to tell we do talk about the show ahead of time or outside of the show you know somewhat frequently it's not uh, scripted I, though there's no yeah, script <laughs> no that's clear sometimes um, we just talk about games we've played lately and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well but but like i really you know i really think that i want to try and lean in as we go forward into this idea of like what is the experience that actually is so satisfying and i think that it's 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 a vulnerable answer because to say it makes me feel smart sounds like you're trying to fill some void of needing to be smarter. You know what I mean? And it's like, or if I said like, Oh, I like to play doom because I feel like a badass or something. It's like, that's kind of corny dude. Like, cause you're, you're still just playing a game and why do you need to feel like a badass? And it's like, I'm actually done with worrying about how corny it sounds <laughs> yep. because it's true because at the yeah. end of the day, when I play doom, I do feel like that was dope. That was awesome. I feel like a badass, and I love that. Well, what I really think and, that, that the emotional experience, cause like not for maybe the whole game of doom, right? Right. But there are those like challenge hell portals or whatever. Right. Or like just halfway through that. Yeah. Or just a marauder where it's like, <laughs> where it's like, you go in and a certain number of enemies spawn in a certain order. I remember one that had like two snakes and two fireball launcher guys. And I only had a certain amount of ammo and I, and I had to beat them super fast. Yeah. It was like six seconds that I was given right. and I failed like eight or nine times just back to back to back. To, and I'm trying the same spot for like 15, 20 minutes in a row. And I'm like, it has to be a specific combination right. of like, dodge fireball grenade chain gun jump dodge rocket launcher or something like i'm trying a different set of moves but it becomes a logic puzzle at that yeah point. It, it just is what steps do can i do in six seconds to to kill all four enemies right, right. and it's like that's the same feeling that's the same feeling as i have is which three of these four blue squares are blue like right. that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah no but that's how do i make it happen and how do what is the con why does it work that way and when you figure it out when you kill those demons in that order and it's not because of luck it's because you planned come in rocket launch jump over this guy turn around fireball turn the other way grenade jump over that guy execute that and then you do those moves and it works exactly as you as you planned it and, it, and you complete it with a gold star or whatever. This is the same feeling. Yeah. Like I still, I feel like a badass completing a puzzle with zero errors. Like right. it is that same rush. Like I'm like, I did it and I did it with the logical way. I didn't guess I did right. it. I did it that way. And I feel, I feel like a badass for doing that. And just well, as much as I do for tearing a demon's arms off, you know, <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I will share. I so I the the first Marauder I encountered in Doom Eternal, I got stuck on for 
I don't know, a while. And I was finally like, you know what? I'm just going to look it up because over and over again, I encounter stupid things like this where I can't get past it. And there's just some gimmicky solution. And honestly, I don't, I don't actually care about being satisfied by being this, beating this enemy. I just want to move on. Now I, at that time thought it was just a boss and didn't understand it would become a regular occurring. enemy. Yeah. (laughs) To hell uh, with that notion too. Right. <laughs> um, but I looked it up on YouTube, and yeah, the strategy was just what I was already doing. I just wasn't good enough. <laughs> yep. Sometimes that is it. <laughs> Which was super disappointing because it was like, oh come on, <laughs> I'm just not good enough. Uh, I just have to practice more. But yeah, like there was another game I played where I could get to the last boss and I just couldn't beat it. And so then I finally looked up a video because I just I never beat games, so I just wanted to beat one. Right. So I look it up. <laughs> And yeah, like the boss like does all this teleporty stuff all over the room and it's all crazy. You can just stand directly under the boss and kill it. I don't remember what the game was called now. So this <laughs> is completely irrelevant, but but it was just like, oh, well, I would have never guessed that that would work. But it took this really complicated, crazy thing and just boiled it back down into something simple. And again, that was satisfying because I just wanted to beat the game, not be good at the game. Um, but yeah, really unsatisfying whenever you did already <laughs> figure it out. And still just suck too much to pull it off. That is that is the rough one. <laughs> well, I mean, that even happens where I've like, I'll I'll do a puzzle and then I go back again to 100% it or restart it or whatever. And I get like a third of the way through and I'm like, I did this before. I got mm-hmm. way further than this without looking anything up. But I don't remember how. And I'm stuck right back here in the same stupid part. And, and I don't know what the answer is but i've but i know i've already figured it out right like like, i i feel like i should i feel like i've already figured this out so i should know but i don't know because there's so many there's hundreds of logical steps that i've tested and i just my brain doesn't remember all of that in my short-term memory it doesn't happen so i'm staring i'm I'm like right back here again and like i know that this is simple I know that the answer is here. I know that I don't need anything else to figure this out, but I don't know what it is. And I know that I figured it out before. Like what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably more frustrating because like, just like, Oh yeah, I just stand underneath the boss and it can't hurt me here is like, (laughs) but it's like, I've beaten this boss before and I don't remember how. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. A known unknown. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. So yeah, go get hex cells. It's awesome. Like yeah. and watch and watch Cracking the Cryptic on YouTube. If you thought Sudoku was boring, like whoof, whoof. <laughs> that's some that's some intense and the dude's super cool. Like it's super chill stuff to watch. So uh, nothing like spicy Sudoku. That's know? right. <laughs> it is spicy Sudoku. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) So that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-U-Y-S-Pod, or just tell a friend about us because word of mouth really does make a difference. All the links and our social accounts that were talked about in the episode are available down in the show notes. And if you want to hear more content from either of us, Walker hosts a show called The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests, as well as the Crowfall podcast, which shares stories and perspectives about the MMO of the same name. If you're looking for more content from me, I host a podcast called Dungeons and Dinners, 
which is where the love of fantasy is food for thought.